Welcome to the Clear Admit MBA Admissions Podcast. I'm Graham Richmond, and this is your Wiretaps for Monday, January 3rd, 2021. I'm joined by Alex Brown from Cornwall, England. Alex, how are things going? Very good, Graham. Happy New Year. Yeah, I want to wish you and all of our listeners a happy and healthy 2022. Um, I will say, Alex, you know, we're recording this just before the new year, so maybe I'll wish you again when it really happens. But yeah. <laughs> um, but to everyone who's tuning in, yeah, happy 22 and, and hope for, you know, obviously good health and all that stuff in this coming year. Um, Alex, as you know, I've had a little bit of bad news on my end and that I somehow managed to um, get caught by COVID um, at long last, like a couple years into the pandemic here, and I finally... Uh, succumbed, but uh, doing okay. Just, you know, kind of feeling tired. And it's like a bad cold, I would say, for me so far. So, <laughs> um, yeah, stay healthy and look after yourself. Yeah. So I do, I feel like we, you know, I got to get some points here because we're not missing an episode despite this. So I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> um, but what's going on on the NBA side? Because I know this week is kind of a crazy week, right? For those round two deadlines. We've got about 20 um, round two <laughs> deadlines this week from the schools that we just generally cover wow. um, at, at Clear Admit. So yeah, absolutely um, fantastic. You know, for those of you that are, are targeting round two, hopefully you've, by the time you're listening to this podcast, you sort of put those applications to bed and you're ready to hit submit. But lots and lots of deadlines this week, Graham. Yeah. And this is what, um, you know, we always talk about, oh, apply in round one because there are more seats available. But I think the other reason is the round one deadlines are a little bit more spread out um, for one reason or another. You know, they start in September, but they roll often into the end of the month or even into October. Here, everything's condensed into the first week or two of January. Yeah. So it's really, really nuts. Um but yeah, you know, that's, it is what it is. We also continue to see some decision wire entries coming in on the site from all those people who are debating and deliberating over round one decisions. And we'll get into some of that um, during this episode. The other thing I wanted to mention is that, you know, it's between, you know, we're kind of between Christmas and New Year's when we're recording this. And so it's been relatively quiet in terms of what we've been pushing out there. But we did run a couple more Real Humans pieces, one on UCLA Anderson and the other on Cambridge Judge. Both of those are great pieces. I enjoyed reading about these candidates, getting to know them a little bit. And so I encourage people to check those out. Um, but yeah, not a lot else happening, Alex. I mean, I know people are really buckled down trying to get those apps in for round two. Um, the only other housekeeping item I had is that we're going to do an event, actually a couple events um, in February. And these events are for the younger folks in our audience who are college students thinking about deferred enrollment MBA programs where they apply, you know, as seniors in college, get in, go off and work for a bit, and then, you know, get the MBA. So they kind of reserve a seat in advance. And so on February 2nd, and February 9th, both at noon Eastern, those are Wednesdays. Um, we're going to be sitting down with a couple of different schools on each of those dates. Um, off the top of my head, I feel like it's, you know, uh, Wharton and Yale, Berkeley, Tepper. There's a whole host of, of schools um, that you can check out on our website. I think there are eight of them that are taking part. And we'll have, I think, sort of four on one of those dates and four on the other. More details are forthcoming. This is all kind of brand new, but we're going to sit down and really unpack, you know, what they're looking for in the younger applicant crowd. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, Alex, the other thing, you know this, but I, I wanted to mention, we got, we got an email um, from a guy named John. And he alerted us to the fact that Spotify apparently has ratings now. Um, and he wrote a really nice email. He said, always great tuning in every Monday. I just wanted to let you know that it seems that Spotify has got a rating functionality now. 
and he used an emoji that I think is the kind of woohoo kind of emoji. Nice. <laughs> I'm not really sure how to interpret it. Uh, and then he says, it doesn't allow you to add a review just yet, but you can rate the show. Here's hoping that letting you guys know will give me some good vibes going into round two. Um, so we'll send John <laughs> happy holidays and good vibes uh, his way. But this is important, Alex, because it means that people can actually rate the show. Um, and I know some of you are listening on Spotify. So if you are apparently somewhere on the main page, you can, you know, press a little button and, and give it a rating. So that would be really cool if you could do that. Um, Alex, do you use Spotify or you're not a streamer? You know, quite honestly, Graham, I'm not really a streamer. Not until Panama puts its content on Spotify, <laughs> then I yes. will become All right. a streamer. <laughs> All right, I got to talk to the guys in the band about getting our act together on the streaming front. <laughs> you know I'm a big fan, I know. but I've only got the one album. <laughs> yeah, so um, we'll, yeah, we'll try to make that happen. But yeah, if you do listen on Spotify, please rate the show. It'd be great for us to see similar ratings that we see over on Apple Podcasts. And then Alex, one last thing before we get into the candidates that you've picked out, um, which as always have some really cool dilemmas for us to discuss. Um, but we got a letter, an email um, that was sent. It said, Dear Alex and Graham, I'm the applicant from Chile that was featured on episode 179. And I wanted to write briefly to let you know what happened to my wife and I, and to thank you for your support during the process. And so he actually, I don't know if you remember this guy, but he came on a clubhouse and he and his wife were you know, applying to top schools and his wife had to retake the GMAT. Um, she ended up applying with a 690 and, and he had a 730. And so they applied to um, Columbia, Harvard, Wharton, and Berkeley and Kellogg and MIT. So a lot of top schools. And they ended up getting in at Wharton Lauder, Kellogg and Berkeley. Um, they were rejected both by Columbia and waitlisted by MIT. And then the wrinkle in this is that HBS accepted his wife but rejected him. So, you know, he's basically decided he's going to go. He says, I'm going to attend Wharton Lauder. That was his first choice from the beginning. But his wife is still deciding between HBS and Wharton Lauder. So we're talking with people and we'll travel to Boston and Philadelphia in late January to help her decide. These results are amazing to us, and we're very thankful to everyone who helped us during the process. You two are part of those selfless group of people that helped us, and we wanted to acknowledge that. Your advice, not just in the podcast, but also during clubhouse sessions, was always direct, well-intended, and actionable. Had we not counted on your input, we might not have the incredible options that we have in front of us. Please know that your work impacts lives, it's valuable, and has impact in countries far beyond your imagination. Best wishes, keep up the good work, and count on me if you think that we could help or cooperate in any way in the future with ClearAdmit. So that is just such a phenomenal letter to get. But I want to ask you, Alex, what should they do? Because they have a dilemma, right? I mean, this is a tough call for them. <laughs> yeah, very tough call. Let me first of all sort of start off by saying absolutely um, thrilled for, for, for these guys. I remember the, this candidate, certainly, we, we, we've discussed um, some of their dilemma and, and, and obviously applying as a couple and so on and so forth. Um, so, so two outstanding um, individuals. And yeah, I mean, this is basically all boils down to the value of a couple going to the same program or going to different programs um, with, with, you know, ha having different opportunities and what are, what are the cost benefit of each um, decision. And I know, and we, we discussed this a little bit before we came on air, Graham, and you're, you're convinced that their best option is to go to the same program if they can. And we had this um, little bit of this dilemma with, with a, a couple last year when we chatted about on air. Um, the value of being together 
um, sort of enables you to spend more time and get more immersed in that particular program in terms of your networks and the other things that you do and so on and so forth, rather than having to spend some of that time commuting back and forth um, to maintain your relationship um, um, you know, on weekends and so on and so forth. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not an easy decision for them to make, Graham. And you can argue it either way. Um, but, but yeah, um, congratulations to, to the both of them. Yeah, I, definitely congratulations are, are totally in order. And I'm thrilled to know that, you know, in places as far from where we are, like Chile, you know, that, that people are um, using the advice we give. I do think this is a tough call, right? I mean, a lot of people would argue, oh, you know, HBS a little bit of a notch up from, from Wharton. Um, but yeah, I come back to the idea that if you are going to try and see each other every other weekend or even every weekend or whatever you're going to do, meet in New York, you know, kind of Boston to, to Philly type midpoint or something, um, then you start to miss out on some of what might be happening in your program. Uh, so yeah, it's tricky because I, I think, you know, there obviously would be some value in having access to both networks, you know, the Harvard network and the Wharton network as a couple. But I, I, will, I would be lying if I were to say that it'd be really easy to maintain, you know, the kind of couple while the, through the intensity, you know, kind of intense experience of business school. So it's challenging. Um, but, it, you know, obviously they're fortunate. These are what we learned the other day. Someone referred to them as champagne problems, right? So it's kind of a... Yes. <laughs> um, but in any event, yeah, I, I wish them the best of luck. We did, you, I can't remember the episode number, but we did have a couple on. Um, actually, they came on the show. Um, that was Brad and Marsha who... I think it was more than a year ago, they were trying to decide, you know, where to go. And they had similar um, kind of dilemmas about both being in at Wharton, both being in at Stanford. And then I think one of them was in at Harvard or something. So the whole is very similar, kind of reminiscent of that for me, but very interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and, and best of luck to them. And what a lovely note that they wrote. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So we really appreciate that. Yeah. 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 Totally made my day to read that note. So really appreciate when people take the time um, to write to us. Uh, so Alex, let's get into the wiretaps portion because I know you spent some time um, fishing through and finding these great candidates for us to discuss today. Um, so shall we move on? Yep. Let's kick on. All right. So this is wiretaps candidate number one. So this is an apply wire entry, and the person's going to be uh, looking to start in 23. So they have a little bit of a of lead time here. Um, they've been working as a sales engineer, and post MBA they want to get into technology. Um, they didn't specify target companies, but we can imagine what some of those might be. The current GMAT score is a 700, GPA 3.56. They have a couple years of work experience to date, located in Texas, and happy to land pretty much anywhere in the US. Um, this person also reveals that they are female. Um, she mentions that she knows her grades could have been better, but that she changed her major um, from mechanical engineering to a combination of mechanical and electrical engineering with a business minor. <laughs> and you know, she refers to making a foolish decision to take some of the hardest engineering electives at the same time, and it caused a little bit of a dip um, in her sophomore and junior year GPA. Um, she mentioned she did have a strong senior year. Um, so in any event, that's kind of some of the academic background. She's done well at work, um, only a couple of years of experience, but she's got some good sales metrics um, compared to her peers. Um, and then, you know, she does some 
extracurriculars, a lot of stuff, I guess, relating to the sorority that she was a part of when she was in college. And so she advises some collegiate women. She also is really into agility training um, with her dog. So that's kind of the background. She's got target schools that include Dartmouth, Michigan, MIT, Rice, Washington Foster, UT Austin, and UVA Darden. So Alex, I want to turn it over to you because I know that you had a little bit of back and forth with her. Um, but what do you make of this candidacy? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a potentially very strong candidate. Um, and I say potentially for a couple of different reasons. One, she only has a couple of years of experience right now. So, so you know, and, and she's targeting applying next season. So it'll be three years at, at, at application. Um, but there's room to sort of grow and develop over that additional year. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, if she's not completely successful next year applying, um, at, at the right programs, she might even wait an additional year and, and really continue to grow and develop. Mm-hmm. So, so she's on that early stage, which which is very good that she's thinking about this at this juncture. Obviously, maybe she just wants to leave her her type of work um, sooner, and that's why she's doing it. But anyway, um, so, so so that's good, and and it sounds like she's doing quite well at work um, in terms of her current trajectory. Um, you know, relative to her peers and so on and so forth. So, so again, that that all um, sounds good to me. I'm I'm not worried about the GPA. I mean, I think if you're an engineer um, and you've got a three five six GPA, no matter how you got that GPA, it's still a very good GPA, um, um, relatively, right? So, so I wouldn't worry about that. Yeah, I'm a little bit bemused by the GMAT score because. Um, the quant side of the GMAT score seems to be the weaker piece, um, which is, you know, less usual for an engineer, right? So what I would do if I was this candidate is I would really focus on getting that quant score up um, a couple of points, whilst maintaining, obviously, the verbal score. If she can hit that 730 um, or, or whatever it is, I think that would really elevate the profile, um, and can, you know, well. And maybe concurrently, if, if her work um, in employment is MBA friendly, maybe working with, with her supervisor to really take on, you know, some challenging projects over the next year to help further differentiate her candidacy. Um, and I think if she can do all this, um, you know, her, her extracurriculars are sort of look, look like they're in financial sort of advisory capacity and she, she's doing... Um, quite well at that. The nice thing about that is it's slightly different to the type of work she's doing, um, so, so that's good. Um, if she can do all this, um, you know, the, the, the programs that she's targeting are certainly um, within her reach, and maybe she can double down a little bit more on a couple more M7 programs. I see she's, she's got Sloan in the mix, um, but she, she, she could be... Um, she, she could try to tag a little bit higher, Graham. Yeah, I agree. And the one thing I wanted to point out is kind of just a general lesson is that I have no issue with her having taken some really challenging high-level electives in whatever it was, electrical or mechanical engineering. In fact, I, I think it kind of hats off, and I feel like she should own that. She was sort of being apologetic for it, but I think, you know, the admissions reader will recognize that. 
Um, and she might even say, you know, if she wants in the optional essay, she could say, look, sophomore year or, or junior year, I had a bit of a dip because I, you know, shifted major and took on a lot. But she shouldn't say that it was foolish. Like, I think that, you know, she's going to get um, some props for, you know, really pushing herself. Yeah. And as you said, three, five, six, I mean, geez, that's like right around where these schools average in anyway. The, I agree with you though, the, um, the GMAT, that's 700, it comes out to a 53rd percentile on the math and a 94th percentile in verbal. And my issue is it doesn't really jibe with her hardcore kind of engineering um, education. And so one would expect to see a slightly better math percentile. And since she's not applying till next fall, I absolutely agree with you. She needs to retake this test and push the score up. And in doing so, she may open up some doors, like you suggested, within the M7 um, that could you know, really be um, game-changing. So I, I encourage her to retake. And even if she doesn't want to shift the school selection, it'll just make her odds and, and the maybe scholarship she potentially receives all the better. So she should go for it. Yeah, um, Yeah, I agree. The extracurriculars are okay. Um, you know, she's, she's into a couple of different things. So I, I feel like, yeah, she's got a lot going for her. Anything, I mean, she's doing kind of sales, essentially. It seems like she's, she's a sales engineer. Um, is that, sometimes we talk about how, oh, sales roles are not quite as prestigious as, you know, people doing, um, you know, I don't know, uh, consulting or, or other, other roles. Do you have anything, any thoughts on that aspect of this or is she going to be okay? You know, I, I think sales runs the gamut, right? You can be in business development mm -hmm. and creating new markets for your product, identifying new sort of use cases for your product, and then going through the sales pipeline with that new use case. And to me, that that's... You know, whether that's sales or strategy or whatever you want to call it, it's, it's super interesting stuff. So it depends what we mean by sales. So sales engineering, I mean, the, the you know, it's B2B sales, right? Yeah. I, I imagine. And I think B2B sales is definitely a much more complex um, than B2C sales mm -hmm. for a start. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, um, it... it, it so it, it does run the gamut, yeah. and but I do think you can you can um, with these types of roles um, look 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 quite strategic and, and and so on and so forth. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm not so worried about that. Okay. It, it it's going to be about how it's articulated and what she's actually doing, rather than oh, sales engineer that checks a certain box. Yeah. We're going to need to know a little bit more about the actual um, work itself. Agreed. Yeah. So I want to thank that um, candidate for her post and hopefully, you know, she's got some actionable advice as she navigates the next year or so through the application process. Um, Alex, let's move on and talk about Wiretap's candidate number two. So this is another apply wire entry that we received, and this person is applying to Berkeley, Columbia, Dartmouth, Kellogg, NYU Stern, and Yale. And I believe that um, yeah, they are actually also targeting 2023, so they have a little bit of time. Um, they've been working in kind of uh, big e-commerce retail, um, and also it sounds like they maybe with some medical devices background as well. They want to get into consumer goods after business school. Um, specifically, they mentioned Patagonia, REI, North Face, kind of any outdoor recreational clothing brands. And their GPA from undergrad was a 3.05. They've got four years of work experience located in Boston. And for post-MBA, they mentioned anywhere near big water. So um, we'll have to unpack that in a few minutes. But um, this candidate has yet to take the GMAT 
and she actually mentions that you know she knows her undergraduate GPA was low. Um, the trajectory is in a good direction. She has an upward trend in the GPA, and it was more like a three-five by the time you know she was finishing. Sounds like she has an undergraduate business degree. Um, she's thinking about, she says, taking MBA math and maybe taking the GMAT more than once to ensure that she has a decent score. Um, so Alex, we'll let you get into this because there's a lot of other elements here in terms of her current work where she's you know, kind of doing e-commerce and, and really on the logistics and operations end. And, um, but I did want to point out that she mentions that she has a North Star goal. Um, and I, this is a term that I actually hadn't heard before. So she says, my North Star goal is to one day be the COO of Patagonia Clothing. So Chief Operations Officer, um, you know, just interesting there. And so I'm going to turn it over to you, but I also wanted to mention she left a, a, a kind of nice comment for us, which was that she said, any advice or feedback is welcome. I absolutely love both the podcast and the website. I feel like I struck gold finding it a few weeks ago when searching MBA podcast on Spotify. So Alex, I'll turn it over to you. What do you, what do you think this candidate should do? No, absolutely brilliant, and and so nice remarks there um, from from this candidate. Um, this is an interesting um, candidacy um, that I think you can break out broadly into two components. Um, she has a, a a an issue with her what what you would like to call counting stats or from the numbers side, um, and then on the other side of the candidacy, it looks like she's probably got really interesting work experience. Um, Having this goal of, of COO Patagonia, you know, as a North Star goal is, is super interesting. She, wanted works, she works in operations. She wants to work in operations. We like that. Um, the, uh, you know, I mean, it's weird, Graham, but, you know, I always think of folks in operations, they're the real doers, right? They're actually getting stuff done uh, <laughs> and, and so on and so forth. But anyway, um, so that aside, I think let's focus on, on aspect number one first, the counting stats. Um, the, the, the elephant in the room will be the GPA, it's 3.05. That's going to make any ad con queasy. Um, so, so she's going to have to do two things about that. One is to do the MBA math or HBS core and, and show, um, and that's the important piece, show that, that she's academically prepared in that regard. Um, so, and, and she's applying next season, so she, she has the, the, the wrong way to, you know, the, the time to, to get this done. Um, and then she's going to need to uh, approach the, 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 the tests, the standardized tests, with the notion that she may need to retake the test um, so that she can have a couple of goes at it and really push for that 700 plus, 7, you know, 20 or whatever. <coughs> Again, to further overcome this, this issue with, with the numbers. So, right. so how, what, what, what can she most influence um, over the next year in terms of her, her accessibility to top programs is going to be on this side of the application. So the, the amount of work she can put into it, um, the, the reward um, she will yield. And she's targeting the top programs, Graham, so she needs to really ratchet that up. On the other side of the candidacy, yeah, there's a lot, a lot to like here, I think, in terms of working in... Um, e-commerce, retail operations, um, and so on and so forth. Having this goal for working as a COO in a brand that's universally loved now for its sort of sustainability and, and doing all the right things. So 
clearly as, as being COO of a brand like that, you've got to be, um, had, had, you know, you've got to do some really cool things. Um, so so you, anyway, it's a great goal. Lots of people are going to be seeking that goal that are interested in operations because Patagonia is, is, a, is, is a clearly very popular brand right now. Um, but, but I do like all that side of it. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, her, her, her work experience side is reflected by, you know, the stories she can tell, the, the recommendations that can support all that, and, and she can deliver on that side. The EC side, she wants to live near big water, so I'm guessing, and we talked about this before we came on Airgram, she's probably quite active in the water, maybe surfing or, or, or scuba diving or whatever it is that people do in the water. <laughs> so, so that aspect of who she is also needs to come out in the candidacy. Yeah, I kind of, um, you know, so I, I agree with everything you said. I, I guess one of the things I wanted to bring out is, yes, yeah, she mentioned she doesn't really have any extracurriculars. She signed up to do some sort of entrepreneurship mentoring type thing at a local school, I think, starting in the new year. Um, but I, I would just encourage her to think about what does she do with her spare time? Because that comment about wanting to be near big water did strike me as maybe she does have some hobbies that she hasn't, you know, mentioned to us. Because, you know, sometimes people think that extracurriculars have to only be about, you know, volunteering or something. So, and that's not the case. You know, if she's like really into surfing or scuba or kayaking or whatever it might be, that that's an extracurricular. And that's something that she would bring into whatever MBA program she goes to. So, yeah, just developing that aspect would be good. I mean, at least, you know, making sure she understands that everything she does with her spare time is, is fair game. Um, I think, you know, you're dead on with respect to this GPA. I will say, um, I feel like uh, one of our regular listeners and clubhouse folks got an interview at Stanford on a fairly low GPA. I want to say around a 3.0, I can't remember the exact number, um, and had a had a high GMAT score. Um, and I, and I know that listener wasn't able to convert in the end after the interview, but you know, if you're making it to the interview phase at Stanford with a three O and a big GMAT score, then it's doable. And so I would encourage her to set her sights really high when it comes to the GMAT. Um, you know, nothing is better in terms of remedying a low GPA than a big GMAT score and, you know, an MBA math will help too, or, or whatever she wants to take to kind of bolster. So that should be fine. Um, she has time. And I think that, you know, it's, I love the operations angle and the, you know, the, the fact that she has this kind of really um, big picture goal to work it as a COO for a, you know, company. I mean, she's really interested specifically in sustainable kind of supply chain stuff. So that's, you know, super popular, you know, or sustainability is popular. And I love that there's a supply chain angle and because we just don't see a ton of candidates talking about operations related goals. And, you know, a lot of the programs on our list have great operations department. So I think she will find a landing place. And I think even despite this GPA, she can get over that hurdle with a little bit of work on the GMAT. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I thought, Alex, you were going to say that the one thing she absolutely has to do is rate this podcast on Spotify. Since she mentioned that she listens on Spotify. <laughs> that, that would be good for us. That's not going to get her into a top program, but yes, we no. would appreciate that. But yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to throw a question back at you, Graeme. Okay. Because um, you you, you've mentioned a really interesting point about the extracurriculars, and I was just trying to find her, her, her comment. I'm not involved in many formal activities outside of work, but I'm volunteering in a youth um, entrepreneurship program in early 22 that spans about six months, right? So that's what she's planning to do. Mm -hmm. Now, if she said, 
Um, well, actually, what I'm, I'm, I'm planning to do is, because, let's imagine she does live near big, big water now. Um, I'm planning to do, um, create a beach cleaning program in my local community, and we're going to do this once or twice a month um, over the next several months, and we're going to get people involved and engaged and so on and so forth. Which of these two activities would you think would be better for someone like this? Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, so I think she is in Boston, so she is near, you know, the ocean and stuff. Um, boy, you know, that is a good question because on the one hand, the first activity seems very buttoned up and traditional kind of, you know, the sort of volunteer work that one might do, um, in the business domain, you know, so it has that appeal. Um, on the other hand, you know, if she really is passionate about the environment and sustainability, then beach cleanup might be a really good thing. Right. So, I mean, I would say my advice would be do both. She's got a year before she's going to apply. (laughs) Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, my point is, if she's really going after the sustainability angle, mm-hmm. I want to see in her background that she is living this stuff. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I agree. And and living it can't just be, you know, recycling her Patagonia fleece yeah. for a new one or something, yeah. right? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, again, I think there's a lot to like about this candidate. And I, I was excited. I, I feel like, uh, no, I, I got to admit, you know, I applied to business school with a low GPA. And so I, I always... Um, gravitate towards this part of the crowd. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I think, and it's great that she has time and can maybe, you know, land a big GMAT score, which will really help. So I want to wish her the best of luck. I'm thrilled that she found us. I didn't realize that if you search on Spotify just for MBA podcasts that we come up. So that's also good news. Um, but yeah, Alex, anything else on this one? No, absolutely brilliant. I wish both of these candidates the best. It's interesting, Graham, because both are targeting next season. Yeah. Um, both have, have a little bit of a wrinkle in, in their candidacies. Um, and actually, um, both are targeting a little bit slightly different in terms of the level of programs that they're targeting. Yeah. So so it'll be interesting to see how, how, how things come out. But yeah, potentially both could be really strong candidates. Yeah, really agree with that. And it's interesting to see some early birds. I always like that part of the year when we start to see people coming online for next season. Um, Let's move on and talk about Wiretap's candidate number three. So this is a decision wire entry that you've selected, and it's a candidate who um, got into some schools in the first round and has also applied to schools in round two. So they have a bunch of questions for us, and they're currently undecided. So thus far... They've been accepted at Chicago Booth um, with no money, so that's a full fare um, program for them. And then they also were admitted to um, NYU Stern, and with Stern, um, they've been given a $170,000 scholarship, which is essentially um, a free ride. Uh, They're gonna be starting next fall. They wanna work in investment banking. Um, In the near term, they'd like to do that in New York City. They're targeting Goldman, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, um, and other, you know, kind of big banks. The GMAT score was a 760 and the GPA 3.4. This candidate is from California and they also mention, and I, I got to include this because I think it's going to weigh a little bit on our decision-making process here. They um, may want to return to California someday. And then the other wrinkle in all of this is that they mentioned that they also applied to Columbia, Harvard, Stanford, and Wharton in round two. So they're, they're going to be waiting on those decisions. And so this is kind of an interim decision for them. And, you know, Alex, we can get into more of it, but, but what do you make of this for, for, you know, out of the gate here? So free ride at Stern, they want to do investment banking in New York in the short term, and then versus Booth, where they have to pay full fare. 
Yeah, I mean, I would say this is a really difficult decision, Graham, but I must have been a bit lazy in terms of which 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 of our decision were I posted to discuss this week because I can't get my head around why I would think this is a really difficult decision <laughs> because I do think um, that Stern makes great sense. Um, they want to be in New York um, after a, after um, um, their MBA. Um, they're, 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 they're wanting to work in, in banking. I think I'm pretty sure it's banking, right? Yep. Um, investment banking. Um, so Stern has to be a great option. Stern is a free option. Yeah. I don't know that we know if they're, they're returning to investment banking or coming straight in. But let, let's say they're, they're, you know, maybe there's some opportunities whilst they're in their MBA to do in-semester work. Um, in, in banking to sort of get their feet wet and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, they're, they're in New York City. If they're based um, in Chicago and they're having to network in New York City to get their internships and their whatever, there's extra cost to doing that. So so that's going to add to the cost of the, the booth program as well as the time commitment, um, recruiting and so on and so forth. Whereas at Stern, it's in their backyard. It, Stern's giving them a lot of money. Um, I'm I'm a real big believer that Stern is the right decision here, Graham. Yeah. Um, but apply Harvard, Stanford, Wharton, Columbia. Um, if you get in at Columbia, you're probably going to need a bit of money to convince you to give up the 170. Um, but maybe Harvard, Stanford, Wharton might give you a little bit of something to think about. But yeah. I, Frankly, Graham, I think Stern's a great option for this this person. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, both Booth and, and Stern are great schools. I think everyone would argue that, you know, Booth is a, a little bit of a tear up from, from Stern. And, no argument there. I completely agree. Yeah. So, but, you know, you get into this proximity thing with the banking, but also just the money. I mean, I think it, it is really hard to walk away from a complete free MBA at, yeah. a, at a school of a caliber of NYU Stern, which remember, it's like a top 10 MBA program. Um, and like you said, in the backyard for investment banking. So I think that's kind of, I, I agree. I think that it's a, a Stern is sort of the choice for now. What I think gets interesting is the stuff you started to hint at. And, and we actually asked this candidate, okay, well, what happens <laughs> if you get into some of these other schools in round two, and they wrote, they actually left us a comment. They said, as for Harvard, Stanford, Wharton versus Booth or a full ride at Stern, I'm fairly certain I would go to any of Harvard, Stanford, or Wharton over Booth and Stern. The order would probably be Harvard, Wharton, then Stanford. But given name recognition, networks, and program alignment, going to any of those programs would be easy decisions, also because two of them offer need-based financial aid. So interesting the way they're thinking of it. Um, you know, it's, it's not often that you see a list where someone's like, oh, I'd go to Harvard, then Wharton, then Stanford. Um, but again, everyone has different kind of goals and, and you know, this person wants to be in finance, so maybe they're really, you know, looking at Wharton's strength there, and that's what's sort of pushing Wharton up in, in the in the list or something. But it is just interesting to see. They didn't mention Columbia, though, which I thought was strange yeah. in that response. So I guess they don't know what they would do in that situation. But that's another good debate, as you suggested. Maybe they would need some money. It's a tough call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, tough call. I mean, the other side of it, Graham, is if, you, if your career is going to be investment banking, you're going to be earning a considerable amount of money, or you should be, um, upon graduation and early in your career. So, so that might reduce that sort of um, 
you know, 170 at Stern, the, the value of that a little bit given the 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 the, the payback in the, in the longer run. But I, I I'm still thinking Stern has to be the the best option of what's on the table right now. Yeah, agreed. Uh, you know, it, it's uh it's always interesting to just see these dilemmas. And the last thing I wanted to mention, and what I would do if I were this candidate, and they may they may just wait and see what happens in round two. But I would just do some digging and look at. What's the size of each school's alumni community out west? You know, they could investigate. You know, what what they're seeing with respect to like, you know, the the sort of San Fran and L.A. Uh, Stern alumni clubs and versus Booth, or you know, they can look into that stuff. Yeah. And I think they might find that Stern sends a good number. I remember when we profiled their employment report some time ago. You know, they're sending some people out west. I mean, it's not a ton, but there are people going out there. There is a network out there, and I think you know they they owe it to themselves if they're thinking long term yeah. that they want to be out west to look into that. And I would do that on any of the programs that they're ultimately deciding between. But in any event, um, it's a nice problem for this candidate to have. And I, I got to say, um, a full fair scholarship is not something you see every day. So congrats to them for that. And obviously, thanks for you know to them for sharing this dilemma with us. And we'll look forward to seeing what happens. Hopefully, they can update the post with a comment when they get some of these other decisions, so we can weigh back in and, and see what where they land. You know, come March or so. <laughs> if it's Wharton versus Stern, where are you going, Graham? Yeah, I think. Um, I think at that point I start to really have to question it and 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 start to really consider Wharton. Yeah. But in part because of the size of the network out west for Wharton. Yeah. But also just you know it's just hard to yeah. Yeah, I do think Wharton and then obviously Harvard and Stanford. I do think the conversation is a little bit different. The calculus has changed. Yeah. Um, but but for Booth, which again, as you say, is a very good program, it's in a tier above Stern. Um, but but with that sort of type of scholarship differential and and the proximity of Stern to where you want to be in right. short, it's to me Booth doesn't quite cut it, but Harvard Stanford Wharton probably does cut it. Yeah, I mean the one thing I would say about Wharton in this instance is not only the you know a great reputation in finance, just like Booth and and Stern obviously, but it's the proximity as well, right? So yeah. you jump on the Amtrak and you're literally an hour and ten minutes from Manhattan. When you're in Philadelphia, you can literally walk from Wharton's campus, jump on the train, and and be in New York City. So it's a lot different um, than having to take a flight. Yeah. So in any event, um, yeah, great great problem for this candidate to have. Let's hope that they have more problems because they're going to get more <laughs> acceptances. Um, Alex, thanks for doing this. I know, um, you know, it's the middle of the holidays and we're, you know, keep on keeping on here. Um, but uh, yeah, just always great to have you pick out these candidates and, and discuss. And so thanks for all your work. And I guess we'll we'll be back in, in one week's time to do it all over again. Brilliant, Graham. Hope you recover soon. Best of luck and stay safe, everyone.